1: These days, many families make it work by having both parents earn incomes, while some are able to keep one spouse making money while the other cares for the kids. While in the past, many might assume that staying at home is the mom's role, a recent analysis of U.S. Census data showed that one in six stay-at-home parents is a stay-at-home dad, and it turns out it's possible we might even be using those terms like stay-at-home totally wrong. Today, we're going to be talking all about stay-at-home dads, how they make it work for their families, and hopefully lots, lots more. This is Parent Savers.
2: Welcome, everybody, to
1: Parent Savers, your online, on-the-go support group for parents with infants and toddlers and preschoolers, I'd say. Now, we're sort of expanding it a little bit up, but really, kind of before, if you have a kid before elementary school, you're in the right place. I'm your host, John O'Reill. Thanks so much to our loyal listeners who join us every time we release a new episode, and for those who continue these conversations with us on Facebook and Twitter. So make sure to check out our Parent Savers app so you can listen to all of the episodes wherever you go or however you like to get podcasts. So this is John, or I'm here with Sunny. How about some more details on how people can get involved with the show?
2: Yeah, so we're recording a little differently for Parent Savers, actually for all the New Mommy Media shows, and we want to invite all of our listeners to participate. So it's now easier than ever to join our shows. Basically, all you need is a desktop or laptop computer, a good internet connection, and Google Chrome, and uh, we'll send you a link, and you can join our show that way, which is great because you don't need a babysitter anymore to be able to come to our studio, which is what we are trying to avoid. So totally different way of recording. If you are interested, go to our website at New Mommy com. There's a quick form that you can fill out just gives us a little bit more information about you. There's also a link there to our Facebook page where we post all of the topics and times that we're going to be recording. And so we're just hoping to connect with a lot more listeners out there. So hopefully you can join us.
1: Yeah, you can record in your pajamas.
2: I am in my pajamas. I didn't get out of my pajamas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. All right. Well, we've got actually uh, quite a few dads joining us today as well. And I don't know if they're wearing pajamas or not. That's the beauty of this new format. So, hey, guys, will you introduce yourself so everyone can know who we're talking to?
3: Yes. This is Chris M. for today's show. I'm actually naked. So that's how, that's how free I am today. I'm here with my right. podcast partner, Will. We are dads on duty. Will, say hello.
4: Hello. And I, I'm fully clothed. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's duty, D-O-O-D-Y.
3: But my name is Chris. I'm actually a small business owner. I've got three kids, seven, five, and three. Will and I both have three kids. And we, as fathers, don't see a lot of dad-focused content out there. Didn't see a lot of dad-focused content out there. So we decided to make our own podcast. So we've been recording for about nine months. We both have relatively flexible careers. So even though we're not stay-at-home dads, we do spend a lot of time flexing back to home to help out, taking kids to practices and doctor's appointments and things like that.
4: Yeah. In fact, this weekend, I am covering for my wife with two of our kids. She's off at a Girl Scout retreat with our oldest daughter. We have three, eight, six, and three. So I'm feeling really in the groove for this show.
1: Nice. You guys are my people. All right. We also have another Chris.
5: Yes. Hello. Well, I am not naked. I'm actually sitting in a car right now. I'm a private <laughs> investigator. And I'm staring at a house waiting for the, the claimant to leave <laughs> so I could take uh, nice. video of the person who's probably cheating the system. But, uh, anyways, neither here nor there. I have a one year old. His name is Oliver. And my job gives me the flexibility to where I can stay at home like three to four days a week and work, you know, three to four days here or there, depending on how the work goes. And my wife's a registered nurse. We're able to kind of uh, jumble our schedules and, and make it work and, and uh, to fit it in. And I also take care of about 110-pound lab Great Dane as well. So I have my hands full, and it's new to me, and we're making it work, and we're having fun doing it.
1: Nice. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And then Garrett.
6: Yeah, hey, Garrett Massey here. Stay-at-home dad up until recently, also a small business owner. I manufacture swaddle blankets and baby washcloths under uh, Cozy Babe is is the name of the business. I have four kids, a five-year-old, twin three-year-olds, actually four, almost four. Uh, And the fourth one's coming in July, July 1st. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm keeping it going and I'm batting a thousand. I have uh, four girls. So um, I'm definitely done after this.
1: Wait a minute. Is that, I forgot to tell you about myself real quick. I have three boys. So does that mean I'm batting zero? Oh,
6: man. <laughs> no, man. You're <laughs> batting a thousand. Everybody's batting a thousand. Nice. Everybody's always like, are you going for the boy? And I'm like, no, man, I got all my girls and I'm good. So yeah, and I'm, I'm excited for this podcast.
1: Nice. And so, yeah, so um, I'm John. I have three boys, a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, an almost five-year-old. And I, too, work from home um, and then sort of am able to do some hobbies like podcasting or – well, I don't really – you don't get to have a lot of hobbies when you're a work at home, dad. But uh, maybe drinking with my friends whenever I can sneak that in. Anyway, Sonny, tell us about yourself.
2: Yeah, so I'm the minority in this conversation. I'm a mom. And I also have even kids. I've got two boys and two girls. My boys are my oldest two of five and four-year-old. And then I have twin girls that are two and a half.
1: By my calculations, I think combined, we all have like 38 kids. <laughs> yeah, I a
2: hell of ask. a lot of kids.
1: How, how many children are we accountable for? Between we we could
2: start a daycare, basically.
1: <laughs> a couple, do, yeah. Anyway, all right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We're looking forward to this conversation.
0: When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology-trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file.
2: All right, so before we kick off our conversation today, we're going to talk about a news headline that I found that it skews a little bit older than our Parent Savers audience, but it's something we as parents are always thinking about. And we're always thinking about our kids' future and how do we motivate them and inspire them. And I know we've done some episodes on Parent Savers in the past about building up our kids' confidence and how do we do this. So I just thought this was a really great article. It's called, Why Doesn't Every Single Elementary and Middle School Participate in This Inspiring Tradition? That is like the longest headline ever. But the gist is that there was a school district who basically had their seniors, so graduating seniors in high school, come back down to the elementary school in their caps and gowns. And they had all of the elementary school kids lined up on either side of the hallways. And they basically kind of paraded them around and, you know, kind of gave all the kids high fives and just kind of like as an inspirational thing to be like, hey, I did this, I accomplished this. And, you know, there's and pictures online and we can post this to our Facebook page. The kids are like, you know, the little kids are like clapping for them. They're like little celebrities, right? These high schoolers. And so I just thought it was kind of a cool idea. And I kind of agree with the headline. Like, why don't we do this more often. I, I don't see a downside to this. Maybe you guys do. But I, you know, I think it's just kind of a nice, positive thing where we give our kids, you know, some inspiration for what they can achieve in the future. So, John, what do you think about this kind of thing, making it a tradition and having other schools do something like this?
1: Yeah, I think this sounds really cool. I haven't heard of this before. Um, and I think it's cool from the young kids perspective, but also from the seniors' perspective. Just a positive thing all around. It's a really, really neat idea, and I kind of want to talk to the folks around here to get something like that going. Have you guys ever heard anything like this?
6: Yeah, I, I actually heard about it, but uh, usually it's like a, around Halloween, they walk around and they get to see the costumes. <laughs> uh, so I oh, think yeah. Maybe uh, a Halloween one, a graduation one, and maybe we do a Valentine's one. <laughs> we'll everybody wears it. hearts. Everybody, uh, everybody, a cool parade. No, but
1: it does make me think about like what an influence that even what we present to our kids can be as just any sort of role model. And these high school seniors are saying that they'd never really realized that the kids looked up to them so much. If you read the article, she, uh, she said, I never knew how much of an influence we were having on these younger kids. And so not only from the young kids perspective for them to see these people like, hey, let's present some people to look up to, to make sure you graduate high school, but then also give some confidence to the seniors and really make them think about their role in society and not just about themselves.
6: Yeah, I think that's a good point because so many people, they're not connected to the community like they used to be. I mean, everybody's on their cell phones, everybody's got their, their small groups that they're with and they don't realize what impact they have on the rest of the community. And to get out there and see these kids looking at them, like looking up to them, like, I mean, and literally they're on the ground looking up and it's a, probably a, a wild feeling for those, those high school seniors going out into the world realizing that their actions have reactions and consequences.
3: It's cool. It's fun. I think it's always good to look back on where you've come from. So I can imagine those high school seniors thinking back to the elementary school years and, and being reminded how far they progress, especially at that time when they're about to go into a newer, new and bigger world. It's also funny going back into an elementary school these days to remember how small things were, how small the chairs <laughs> yeah, and totally. tables, trying to sit in those chairs and tables again.
1: It's pretty funny. Have you guys ever gone back to like the elementary school you went to and just realized... It's not as big as I remember it.
2: Or cool. It's just not as cool as I remember.
1: <laughs> well, I totally
4: dominated the playground this time around. I took my kids last summer, in, and I was fairly awesome. Way better than I Nobody was. Nobody
1: beat me a kickball. Today.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I could dunk.
1: <laughs> nice. No, it's a really cool thing. So um, let's spread the word about it. If you guys like it, let's spread the word about it. I, like I said, I'm going to talk to our community about it. I think it's a really cool thing. All right everybody, welcome to Parent Savers. We're going to actually dive into the conversation now. Today we are talking about stay-at-home dads. So, welcome everybody to the conversation. So, let's talk about stay-at-home dads and I think that there's maybe some differing definitions. Do you guys have any ideas of like what it means to you to be a stay-at-home dad?
3: Well, one thing that we found in in interviewing some stay-at-home dads recently and in, even in our own experience as being sort of partial stay-at-home dads where we're working but we're also spending some time at home is that it seems like the definition is evolving and is much more fluid than perhaps it used to be with stay-at-home parents where oftentimes that person who is primarily staying at home maybe the primary ter- caretaker is also doing some other things on the side as well so the three dads we, t- we talked to recently all had small side jobs that they were doing within the
4: home that allowed them to do both yeah but they were really varied so right one guy used to tour he was a touring musician And while he was a touring musician, he started to get into promotion and development, and he made that his full-time job. It was sort of a natural progression for him. Another guy just released a parenting app called Kidterview, which we promoted on our podcast, which was pretty cool, perfect for Mother's Day. And another guy, he's actually a professional fantasy sports player. And we we wanted to talk to him about that, and he just wanted to talk to us about how, first and foremost, he was actually a stay-at-home dad.
1: Oh, that's that's really interesting. And I think that, I mean, you know, you talk about the cocktail conversations that you have and like everyone wants to say, what do you do? What do you do? But really, a lot of us, I know I do, and I would imagine you guys do too, sort of identify as a dad first.
4: Well, the fantasy sports guy, we asked him that question and he said, I tell them I'm a degenerate gambler and see what happens. (laughs)
6: Yeah, I definitely think the stay-at-home term is for dads or moms has definitely changed, in you know, a lot of second source of incomes uh, from night jobs or weekend jobs, or even a lot of at-home businesses. But I definitely identify with him that being a, a stay-at-home full-time parent is uh, is a lot of work, and, and sometimes people will want to talk about the the side things that they have going on. But it's like, man, you know, this is a lot of work, and so yeah, it's it's definitely. Uh, I think the term is changing because there's. I don't know too many people where some, there's just one person not doing income generation right. outside of saving saving money on a nanny or or a preschool.
1: But I still feel like we're sort of at a place where if you say you're a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad, that sort of the impression that people get is like you're not doing anything else besides just the caregiving.
6: Yeah, and which is far from the truth. I mean, totally. Uh, uh, we had a nanny for several years, and then I uh, decided to do the stay-at-home dad and start my own business thing. And, I mean, it's just an eye-opener. You realize how much it – you think you know how much work it is until you're actually there. And, uh, you know, it's nonstop, no breaks, no this and that. You know, you're always on the go. You're always folding laundry, doing dishes, changing diapers, running errands. Like, if you're trying to get it to where you can chill a little bit with the spouse when you get home or partner that when they get home. So, you know, you're always on, there's no turning it off. I would actually prefer to be a nanny. So then that way I can clock out and go do my own thing. First, but, uh, yeah, stay-at-home dad. I mean, you get a lot a lot of fulfillment out of it, but it's so much work. And I was actually at an event recently, and this lady was talking about how she was at home with her kids for a couple years. And this speaker, he said, oh, man, I haven't had a, a day off in my entire life. And, you know, I would have loved to have been a stay-at-home for a time or whatever. And I'm like, dude, you don't even know how much work goes into it. I mean, I just cringed.
1: Yeah, there's there's that cartoon I mean, I've seen that like, it's like a Monday morning for people without kids. And this is totally generalization, but it sort of is underscoring that point. Getting off the elevator and they're like, oh, I can't believe I have to be back at work. And people with kids on Monday morning that go into the office are like, yes, I'm at the office and don't have to worry about the weekend.
6: Yeah, cold calling is so much more attractive now than uh, it used to be without kids.
3: You mentioned the stigma and I think it's still there and real for whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad. I know Will's wife, is a primarily stay-at-home caretaker. And she ha- she also happens to have a Harvard MBA. So she's extremely bright and educated. But it still seems like there's a stigma that that is somehow a lesser role in our world than having a career, a
4: real, quote, real career.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think it all comes down to like what people are prizing and valuing.
4: Your point, though, about it being really physical and really fatiguing is, I mean, I can just tell you from this weekend where I've been alone with two of them, 10 o'clock rolls around, I mean, I think I've gotten them to bed at like nine thirty the last two nights because it's the best that I can do. And by the time ten o'clock rolls around, I'm lights out.
1: Heck, even me and my wife—that's put the kids to bed. There's not much hangout time afterwards. I like, needed right? an
4: extra coffee yesterday, an extra yeah. large iced coffee in the afternoon, <laughs> yeah. just to make it pathetic.
1: Well, so I looked up, we looked up some statistics on this, and there was a website called the National At-Home Dad Network, which is sort of like a community for advice and advocacy for at-home dads. And according to them, the last statistics are from 2009, which at this point is like seven years ago. And they were saying there's 1.4 million stay-at-home dads, and I got to think that number has increased a lot since then.
4: Well, all the technology that we have makes it so much easier to be flexible in terms of creative work structure that I have to think that it's, it's had a huge impact on people's ability to do that.
1: You guys, so I work from home full time, but work from home. Our office is based in LA. I'm in San Diego, but like I end up doing a lot of the pickup for kids at school. My wife does the drop off. We figure the juggle. At some point, I I kind of feel like I'm an at home dad, right?
6: Yeah, I mean, working from home is impossible, especially if the kids are there. If you don't have a a designated space to like kind of shut yourself off, uh, I know that was always a challenge for me. I was. Thinking, I'm going to be at home with the kids and I'll get all this time to work on the business. And and it's, you know, nothing further from the truth. You're still up late at night doing the the work because the the kids, they they need your attention. If you get breaks, when you get breaks, if you structure it in there, you know, that's for 15-minute spurts. And, you know, you can't just, you can't dig into things that take your brain Too much time to process if if you only get 15 minutes, or at least for me, I don't know. I'm no genius, so maybe it takes other people less time. But, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, working from home is like basically being a stay-at-home person if your kids are there because they're always like knocking on the door, hey, can you come out?
1: Do you guys have your own space at home for those of you that work at home?
6: Not me. I have I had the garage, but my internet connection didn't work out uh in the garage and it gets hot and cold. So then I had the uh table over here and then uh but that's out in the open.
3: I'm a small business owner, and so sometimes I'm working at home and and uh, I also have a place of business, but when I'm at home, we have a little office space, but that seems to now be overrun by kids toys. And it's never really a sacred place. <laughs> you know, somebody's always running in to interrupt. So it's, it is really hard to get anything done there.
1: Yeah, I think that's the part of the reality of being at home is the home is the kids now. There's really no space that's not
6: theirs. It actually opened my eyes to trying to create an understanding in your partner, like what it is that you're doing throughout the day. Because when you, they get home, and before we were both working, and then we would come home and then we would be doing the kid all the all stuff focusing on the kids but then when I was at home with the girls and that's a lot of work and then my wife would get home we wouldn't separate okay well now I need like a little me time you know an hour here to just go and kind of unwind and 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 then get back into family mode because it's like going to work and never leaving and so I think that's so, so important to be able to have that have a discussion and create like kind of a boundary and Kind of, uh, you know, like, hey, I'm gonna clock out for like 30 minutes and go for go for a run, or mm-hmm. or go do something that's that's just for me. And I think that's important for everybody to be able to do to do that.
4: Well, so many of us now work from home, regardless of whether we're stay at home. So I'm in sales and sales management, and not uncommon for my three year old to barge through the door while I'm on a conference call. And sometimes it's a it's great to break the tension.
1: Right. So. <laughs> People either get it or they don't. Right. Uh, well, this, let's take a quick break right here at this point. We'll continue the conversation afterwards. We're going to look a little bit, I think, at a, a day in the life of a stay-at-home dad as well as maybe some other fun facts about stay-at-home dad. So we'll be right back.
7: Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Today on Parent Savers, we're talking about stay-at-home dads. So let's talk about a typical stay-at-home dad day. Would you guys, want? you guys want to maybe walk me through a day with you and your caregiving for your kids?
5: Well, I guess it's important to establish like a daily routine, you know, that works for you and, and the kids. I mean, you're the one who's with the kids, you know, for eight to 10 hours a day. So you need to do what makes you comfortable and what makes the kid comfortable. I mean, you can, you can involve mom in the process, though, but you got to let her know what you're doing something a particular way. And when she sees a kid, you know, thriving, then she'll learn to trust your instincts. So, you know, just get that routine of, of of feeding, you know, breakfast, you know, the nap time. And then the important time is, you know, the me time for the father. Whether it's napping, reading a good book, doing a in home, you know, gym session perhaps, or or just doing some stuff around the house just to make everyone's life easier. Get a crock pot creation going so that way you have dinner ready. You know, when mom comes home and just trying to make life easier for everyone. And then once the kid takes a nap and wakes up, I like to go out and do something. That helps break up the day, get some fun going, go to the grocery store. Because everyone loves, you know, a father and a kid and a baby at a grocery store. let you cut in line. You know, wants to help.
1: And you get to drive the giant cart, whatever. It's like a truck or a police car or whatever.
5: Yeah, seriously. a little cart, like the car in front of the cart. Yeah, Kids love that.
1: No, I remember when I was at home when the kids were uh, younger, say like one and three. I think when we only had two, I was was at home a lot with them. Having a mission or just something to do in the morning and the afternoon would be great. Even if it was just going to the park. Because I could take... It takes so long just to get ready to leave the freaking house. Like, I right. didn't take like a half hour at least just to, all right, let me do this. I need the stroller. And, all right, do I have everything? Then you go, you go, you hang out for a little bit, you come home, nap time, you have another mission. Just doing that was able to help me get through the days better than just staying at home. So, for me, being a stay at home dad, it was a little about getting out of the home, too.
5: Totally. Because that takes up two to three hours out of the day, which is, is huge. And, the kid loves it, um, loves looking around, gets, you know, snacks, and everyone loves it a little adventure too.
4: Do you not feed them at home? That was a joke. <laughs> well,
1: my kids only eat snacks on the way to and from places. They will <laughs> not right? eat at home, but they'll eat anything on the way places. <laughs>
4: right? There were two interesting comments in there that I think we need to touch on. One was around cooking, because we have heard this come up, and a lot of our stay-at-home dads that have been on our podcast have told us that they've gotten a lot better at cooking, surprisingly, like they they shocked themselves. They looked back at them, their college selves at what they could cook and what they could do now. Right. That was one thing. The other thing you mentioned was about people making way for you essentially at the grocery store and places like that. And this was a topic that we touched on really early, Chris, when we started the conversation about you know doing podcasts. And from a dad's perspective is generally as a dad, when you're with your kids, people think that you need help and you're somehow incompetent. You get a lot
3: of sympathy looks, a lot of people <laughs> feeling very sorry for you. And at some level, that's nice because you want the help and support. But at the same time, part of me says, I can do this. Why, why are you looking at me like I'm some sort of degenerate parent? <laughs> and so there's that dynamic that I've felt when I've been out with my kids by myself.
1: I think it's sort of an unspoken benefit we get as dads that's probably harder on moms because whenever that support is there, it's nice to take it or it feels good to get a little bit of credit just for doing what you're supposed to do. But to your point, hey, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. But for moms, they usually don't get that benefit of the doubt.
3: This is true. They they're expected to be perfect with their kids on point at all times and they get absolutely no sympathy, which is an unfair double double standard. Society
4: is clearly grading on a curve.
1: Totally. <laughs> Totally. And yeah, and so, and cooking-wise, but the meals definitely change too once you have the kids and the things that you're, I mean, not only able to cook, but you, you do definitely want to keep it simple. Crockpots are great. Like you were saying, get that Crockpot meal going.
3: Chris A., hey, so tell us about your Crockpot experience. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> that That's fascinating to me. I mean, obviously, it's a simple way to do meals, but right. is that something you came to on your own? What was your evolution with the Crockpot? <laughs>
5: evolution with the crock pot is you just make it you leave it you go it's so simple because the first day i was like a stay-at-home dad i decided that all right we're gonna go out to the grocery i'm gonna make this great meal for for dinner tonight for when mom comes home and it took like 12 steps or something and oliver's crying i'm trying to make this like rainbow trout in the pan with some potatoes and vegetables and it's just not coming together it was just so difficult Dinner wasn't ready when she came home and I was just, I had my hands full, and I was like feeling so frustrated and I'm like, oh, there's got to be a better way. And I, I love to cook and we, we made crock pot creations in the past, but it just became a staple But there's just so many different ways of doing it. You know, you can make Mexican food, you make Thai food, you can make pulled pork and you can even like make freezer meals, crock pot freezer meals. So you could prep it ahead of time, throw it in the freezer and then just take it out of the freezer, throw in the crock pot, and just set it on low for eight hours. You know, check it in four to six hours whether you need to shred it. And then you got leftovers for the next day for mom, for dad. And it's just so simple. And we just love like chicken salsa.
4: You're not doing rainbow trout in there, are you? <laughs> no,
1: no, no. That's <laughs> okay, <true>. thanks.
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Could that sell that from here. Pizza. It's like, <laughs> <laughs>
3: I think you found your Crock-Pot expert, Joner. <laughs> <I
1: think so. laughs> nice. We could do a whole episode on Crock-Pots, actually, oh. Sonny.
5: Oh, my gosh. There you go. <laughs> you can't screw it up. That's the best part.
1: <laughs> totally. No, so I think that's a great tip, though, like the being able like easy, simple meal preps. Um, I think getting out of the house um, is another kind of big thing. But also having a lot of activities just around the house, um, just having stuff available for your kids to do and for you to do together with them.
3: I think another interesting wrinkle there in terms of being out with your kids is just, especially if you're going to some sort of organized thing, you know, like music class lessons, for example, was one that came up recently with a stay-at-home dad that we talked to. Going to those types of classes, oftentimes if you're a stay-at-home dad, you're the minority in the room, maybe even the only dad in the room where you have a bunch of moms with their kids. And so I'd be curious to hear from from maybe Chris A. and Garrett about their experiences in those dynamics and if at times they feel like outcasts or they can't quite mix in with the other moms in, in, in those situations.
4: But you do have to know that the stay-at-home dad on this particular instance going to the music class was the professional musician, so we think he was killing it there with his banjo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
6: for me, we would go to uh Gymboree, which is a lot of fun And since I have twins. Chasing kids around, uh, you know, I'm going with one myself, watching the two kids, and you know, it's not really a break where you're socializing with other people. So it's it's great for for the, the girls um, to get out and uh, play on the the structures and to learn, you know, about following direction and and they're socializing with the other kids. But but for me, especially with twins, you know, they're they're all over. One's going, one's upset, one's not. It's definitely a lot of work. Uh, one of the things that uh, I would do a lot, though, was, um, well, as often as I could, if, if the gym that I would go to has a little gym park, I called it. They like to go to the park, so we go to the park, and there's some teachers there, and they would play with the teachers, and I would be able to get a little bit of, of gym time in, and they would get a little time away from me, and I thought it was a good exposure for them to like to start getting used to the idea of, like, okay, well, eventually we're going to be dropped off somewhere, he's going to come back and get us. And, and then that gave me a little 45-minute break so I could get into the gym and to get a shower and get shaved and that kind of thing. So, But you definitely are the minority when you're out and about during the day and you have three kids and uh, you're trying to, trying to keep up with everybody else.
4: Yeah, finding time for a shower can be hard, can't it?
6: That's why we're all wearing hats. <laughs> have you guys, um, on your
1: podcast, have you talked to anyone that has gone back to careers after being the caregivers? My
4: wife's getting ready to do that but she's looking at a lot like we talked about before the options are way more flexible now so she's getting ready to go back and do something and what form that will take is still to be determined chris yeah
3: i don't think we have a pure example of that but one thing we have noticed is that in all of the examples that we've come across it seems like the roles are evolving constantly between the mother and father so It might be a period of time when the mother's spending more time at home and then that's switching. So it does seem like that role in the home today is more dynamic than it used to be.
1: You know, I think this sort of brings up a point that I think is kind of key to all of this is that we're talking in general about stay-at-home dads and statistics and all that. But at the end of the day... You and your family have to figure out what works best for you and your family, and those roles are totally different than they were for your parents. They might be totally different than what they are for the neighbors. You've really got to figure out what works and what roles work for you, and I think that's a lot of what this whole at-home dad movement's about.
4: One of our at-home dads made just that comment. His grandfather was an FBI agent, and he was very traditional. He never changed a diaper or cooked an egg. This guy's father did more than his father did, and so now he's doing stay-at-home dad, and his dad is incredibly supportive of what he's doing and has encouraged him to continue to do that because nothing is more important than spending time with your children. So there is a there is a clear progression that's going on here between generations.
1: Yeah. And I always think about the generational switch where everyone's like, well, back when we were kids, it wasn't like this. Well, I always think, well, maybe there's a reason that the pendulum has swung to where it is and we want to be so involved now.
3: It certainly creates more balance in the interactions with the kids. I know I grew up in a very traditional home. My mom stayed at home. My dad worked. And my dad, to this day, still can't make his own sandwich or coffee, which is incredibly pathetic. But I also, in a loving way, I say that, Dad, if you're listening. <laughs> right. uh, but I also, even to this day, have very defined relationship with my parents. I see my dad as more of the person I respect and in a lot of ways still fear, whereas my mom is the more affectionate one that I go to when... You know when things are wrong, or or when I'm looking to be getting supported or or consoled, and in my home today, because I'm much more involved in the parenting and, and we're trading off doing things all the time, I feel like the kids have a very different relationship with me, which is which is more affectionate and more loving than I ever had with my father. It's hard to say, you know, whether that's good or bad or different, but. It is
4: interesting to see that evolution. And it does bring up a question that we've been trying to figure out on our show, but we haven't gotten to the bottom of yet is, you know, are women naturally more nurturing in some ways than men? For example, my kids want my wife at the, at the end of every day to come up and snuggle. I don't think I'm bad at snuggling, but apparently she's exponentially better at snuggling. You know, are kids drawn more towards women for nurturing naturally? What's the, you know, is, is there a balance there? Is it going to switch over entirely to Chris's point about some of the things that he's doing in his house and how he's engaging with his kids differently than, than his parents would have engaged with him? You know, we don't have an answer on that one, but I think it's a it's an interesting question, and it's one that you got to, in a lot of ways, unfortunately, kind of tiptoe
1: around right now, too. Garrett and Chris, a., are you seeing those roles mix in your houses?
5: A little bit. I'm definitely a lot different than my parents, like definitely the same way as far as my dad, you know, just struggles to... To make his own lunch and dinner still, and expects you know mom to do it, but I uh, yeah, it's definitely different in in our household. I'm making you know more of the dinner and all that stuff. I know how you know, dad's kind of a rare breed these days.
1: Go ahead. And I wonder when our kids get older, how what sort of our, how the relationships will be different for them to us than we have with our parents. Like you were, is your Christopher was saying that you know they still sort of fear their dad a little bit, and I wonder if they're going to fear their mom more than me.
5: Yeah, that'll be interesting to to see, but. You know, my can Oliver just his his face is lightens up when mom comes in the in from you know twelve hour shift at the hospital, and he still just loves seeing her and and just kind of gravitates towards her. Cause early on, you know, I I couldn't feed him. I had, <laughs> some things just don't make milk over here on this side, but um, <laughs> I would have to give him the bottle early on. But that was like one thing I. I love the most was I was able to hang out with them, you know, early on the first like nine months to, to see them evolve and, and grow up. And, and hopefully, you know, I was able to rub off on them and like some great personality characteristics and stuff like that, you know?
1: All right. Well, let's um, wrap up this conversation, a bit. I found this list online. It's from the bump. Uh, I think it was reprinted from a blog, dad or alive. There's 10 things that you didn't know about being a stay at home dad. So I just want to kind of get your guys thoughts on this. Number one, we hate it when people call us Mr. Mom. I don't mind it. What do you guys think?
3: I think moms get a lot of respect, so I would
4: also not hate that. I'd, I'd, I'd treat that as a term of, of respect. I'm a huge Michael Keaton fan, so that would be, that would be incredibly uh, inspiring to me.
1: <laughs> right. I'm, so I'm on board with that one. We did not want the minivan, is what he said, which, to be honest, one of my dreams is I want to get a really nice minivan. But what about you guys? Do you guys Are you guys anti-minivan or on board?
4: No, no. no we, so we used to have a pilot, a Honda Pilot, until we had our third. I tried to convince my wife to do the minivan. Our daughter was like crawling over and we had our third. Our oldest was crawling over groceries and strollers. I think she burned herself in the Texas sun on the bumper on her leg. And I looked at her and my wife just, she knew it. And she looks at me, she goes, just go do it. <laughs> and I went and I got our first minivan. We're on our second now. And I think my wife the other day said, I love this thing. It's so easy to get in and out of. I, I don't have the minivan this weekend. I just have two of them in my Volkswagen with two doors. And just getting each of them in and out of the car is a freaking nightmare. Backbreaking. So minivan all the way. And Hondas drive. I think the Toyotas as well. They drive really well.
5: Yeah, I have a two door, and I have to get a four door. It is a pain in the rear to get a twenty five pound toddler in and out of a a car seat. I mean, it's back breaking.
1: Oh yeah, with the two, so you've got to like open the door, move up the seat.
5: Yeah, and like actually have to like climb into the vehicle, (laughs) and I'm six foot three, so it's not the easiest task to do.
3: Come on, come on, Chris! You're already advanced on the crockpot. It seems like you would already be there on the vehicle as well. You
4: could drop them to the sunroof.
3: Uh,
0: I wish. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: This guy says that sometimes we're so tired we sit down to pee. I can relate to the being tired part for sure. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I just sit down to pee because I pee so much now because I'm older that I'm just tired of standing all the time.
1: I'm tired of getting yelled at for missing the toilet. Me too. I also mostly
3: pee sitting down for that reason because I got so sick and tired of getting yelled at about it that I just thought, <laughs> Hey, you know what?
4: I'll
3: just you know, I'll just do it. It's easier. And you know, they can it's easier to look at your phone or do whatever else multitask when you're when you're sitting as well.
4: Yeah, you're less likely to drop your phone in the toilet if you're sitting down. That's true.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> That's the society we live in. Also, we love being MacGyvers with toy fixes. This is kind of a fun way to be able to fix stuff, too. I do think that if we talk about moms being good at snuggling, I think there's something in our dad DNA that likes to fix things, take things apart, see if we can fix it with duct tape or do whatever. Have you guys done that?
3: Well, I can say that I'm not good at fixing. I avoid it at all costs because it usually ends up in more humiliation. Well, we've got a good handyman that I'll call up that can do everything that I need to be done and even though sometimes reluctantly I have to admit that I'm that incompetent. It's usually better in the end.
1: So stay-at-home dads need to have a good network and people that have their back like handymen to fix things. Exactly. All right, anything else you guys want to add as final notes to stay-at-home dads? Check out the Dads on Duty podcast.
3: Check it out. Subscribe on iTunes. We do have mad respect for the stay-at-home dads. So props to all those pure stay-at-home dads out there.
4: Yep, www.dadsonduty.com dot com. That's D Thanks for having us on.
1: All right. Thanks, guys, so much for the conversation. Thanks to everyone who was listening to us today, too. Hopefully that was uh, pretty educational and we learned a little about stay-at-home dads. And I think there's way more than 1.5 million stay-at-home dads. I would bet it's like 10 times that number. Um, But for more information about uh, either Dads on Duty, about some of the articles we discussed uh, about our guests, uh, you can visit our website at newmommymedia.com. We're going to continue the conversation after uh, the show for members of our Parent Savers Club with some special bonus content. So for more information about that, visit the members portion of our website.
2: So before we wrap up today's show, we have a segment called What Up With That?
1: What Up With That?
2: (laughs) What Up With That? And that is where we share the crazy things that our kids do that just like leave us going, what in the world, like on what planet would this make sense, right? And so today's comment comes from Ginger. And Ginger writes in, she says, my three-year-old son sucks his arm. He has done this ever since I weaned him. His fat, chubby little arm was this closest thing that he had to a boob, and he latched on to it with gusto. As a result, there is a permanent ridge sucked into his forearm, and people ask us all the time, How did he burn himself? Well, he didn't burn himself. He has a wicked ridged hickey that he gave himself. I sort of feel sorry for any girlfriends that are coming his way in his future. <laughs> so, <laughs> anybody else have kids that suck their arms? Any experience with this? I have this?
4: experience with this, although it wasn't an arm. My son. He was a finger sucker from the very start. And it was interesting. So it was two fingers and he would would always do two fingers. And then he started tweaking his neck with his other hand at one point. We had this joke about the finger pull neck tweak because we'd have to pull his finger out of his mouth. And then at one point, the other (laughs) hand went into his pants. And so we had a kid walking around with one hand in his mouth, one in his pants. But what was really interesting was it turned out that the fingers that went into his mouth were like the skeleton key. If we could pull those out of his mouth, then the whole thing (laughs) came undone. It's like
2: it was attached, like a string, like kind of went through the body.
4: Exactly. So he's like a marionette. So how do we fix it? So what I did is I actually went out and bought, he was really into Thomas at the time. So Thomas, the tank engine. Uh, So we went out and we actually bought him one of the trains that he really, really wanted. And we put it just out of reach down in our kitchen and breakfast area. So he could see it all the time. And every time he sucked his finger and consequently everything else started happening, he would be delayed another week to getting it. So ultimately, it only took a couple of weeks and then it stopped and it fixed the whole problem. And like I said, skeleton key in the mouth, everything came undone. He's no longer into Thomas. If you actually go to our website and listen to the media section, we have a song that we did where he's rapping called Thomas No Mo" because uh, he's done. He was just done with Thomas one day. But point being, we gave him a reward, something he really wanted that he had to work towards and it fixed the, the problem, which was it was embarrassing to say the least to, to, to be walking around and seeing that happening all the time. Funny thing though is one day I did see another kid walking around that had the exact same thing going on, the double mouth and pants. And I didn't say anything to the parents, but you know, kind of one of my great regrets now.
2: Yeah, you should have gone over and been like, hey, Thomas the train, just try Thomas the train, it'll work, I promise.
1: I'm wondering how permanent that heck he's gonna be though. Like if he really is gonna be like on his wedding day, like I don't
2: know. She mark? says it's a permanent ridge. I mean, this dude must be sucking like crazy. To make it, I mean, who knows how permanent it is, but at least right now is the time of writing this. I mean, yeah, it's permanent he enough. yeah, he doesn't have to be sucking on it in order for people to see it. Right. But he's probably like, you know, going back and like kind of reiterating the whole thing every day or whatever. Is so he, is he
4: doing it while he sleeps?
2: Uh, you know, it doesn't even say. I'm not sure. There's
4: some stuffed animal that's getting the fur sucked off of it probably during the night. <laughs> right.
2: All <laughs> oh, that poor animal. All right. Well, if you guys have a funny what up with that story, please let us know. We love hearing these and sharing these with all of our listeners. So you can email us through our website at newmommymedia.com or also through the website. You can send us a voicemail and tell the story yourself.
1: Ginger, sorry. Your kid sucks.
2: All right. Yeah. Your kid sucks, Ginger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what up with that? <laughs>
2: What up with the <laughs> saying my kid sucks?
1: <laughs> that wraps up today's episode of Parent Savers. Thanks again for joining us. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget to check out all our sister shows on the New Mommy Media Network. We've got Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, the Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed, Twin Talks for Parents in Multiples, and Newbies for those going through it for the first time. This is Parent Savers. Say it with me, Sonny Empowering, Empowering New, new parents.
5: parents. This has been a New Mommy Media Production. and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider.
2: How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com.
7: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?